wrestling art with Chris things. Do the hammer lock. Wrestling art with Chris Things. I am Chris Things, your host this week and every week. And uh, we're, we're made it back, episode 15. Man, man, we're, we're doing this. This is a, a match of the week edition. Uh, this is this is a one where oh, I pick the match that I thought was my favorite thing that I watched that week. I do a little art of it and we have a bit of a chat about it. That's a thing, you know, and uh, what, what's happened here is uh, we've, we've made a call. We made a call to, to go on these, these weeks after the ones where I have an artist interview, our, our wrestling art curator edition. Man, really, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to that one, listen to that, that Helen Hunter interview. That was good stuff, I think. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're starting a thing where so we don't have to have two episodes a week, we're going to be doing a bit of a double header. That's what we've got here for you today. And I think this is really fun because we've been able to mash up, um, put together two matches that are so completely different. Um, but that's that's kind of the magic of it, you know? So it's, like, I, I think these two particularly... <laughs> match from 1984 uh, and a, a Joshi match from 2023. Uh, very, very interesting contrast here today. So I think that's fun. Uh, I've got uh, the, the great esteemed gentleman, uh, Mr. James Vanderbeek, uh, back. We'll, we'll get all into that a little bit later, but for now, this is our uh, Chris Things intro monologue where I give you a little bit of a you know, Chatsky about what I've got going on. Uh, and this has sort of started to become a bit of a, a, a way of the blade themed thing as we have a, a lead up to the um, release of the, the new book, the AEW edition of Way of the Blade. We're looking back at uh, some of my favorite matches, some of my favorite illustrations from the original Way of the Blade book which has is, is turned out to be a pretty fun thing because, you know, we've been sharing these things and uh, had, had certain matches that are really seeming to get a great, great response. Um, you know, I guess there's some people out there who, who didn't actually get the original book and, and they're seeing these for the first time. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, this, uh, I mean, last week we spoke about that amazing Necro Butcher Samoa Joe match. Uh, which is continuing to, to get a, a just delightful response. Very happy about that. Um, but then uh, this week uh, we had uh, another fantastic match, uh, one of my all-time favorites, uh, just tremendous uh, Joshi match uh, from 1996 um, featuring uh, Combat Toyota. Um, yeah, yeah, versus um, Megumi Kudo in uh, barbed wire uh, exploding current death match from FMW. That, my word, uh, there, there's just nothing like it. 
you know, like I said it, I, I don't think there's been anything that could come close to replicating the, the spectacle, but also like the emotion of it. Um, and and the, again, the high drama. That's what I really think these amazing FMW death matches are so great at. It's not just about you know doing as as many uh, you know big big gnarly spots as we possibly can in in a short amount of time in a, a Gonzo kind of fashion. No, they they do a a beautiful job of leading up to this stuff of of just hitting that that note at the exact right time. Uh, and it's beautiful. It, it's like uh, watching a, a fantastic theater production, uh, an amazing movie. You know, any anything that's like a piece of art. Like that's what this is, uh, in the form of uh, women's professional wrestling, with exploding uh, electrical current barbed wire. <laughs> Either way, I love it. Uh, people seem to have dug the, the illustrations. I'm stoked about that. Um, if you'd like to check that out, you can check it out on the old uh, Instagram there. But uh, if you would like to, to have that bad boy up on your wall, christhings.com.au. Check it out. It's uh, as little as 25 bones. We'll get that, that uh, lovely high-quality print of that sent out to you, and you'll be able to get that up on your wall. So. On that note, if there's any other um, Weatherblade matches that I haven't posted yet onto the website that you've been having a hankering for, swing me a message. You know, we can do this. Um, yeah. But so outside of the book, um, I guess the big thing that I'm, I'm starting to think about now is as, a, as an artist, um, there's some things that we put on the back burner, right? There's some things that we, we kind of like, all right, that's important, but you know, I've got I've got current commissions to get through. I've got this, that, the other. Um, so we, we put them on the back burner, but it's important stuff. So for me, I've you know identified that uh, next thing on the chopping block. Uh, I've I've had a thinking. Uh, my portfolio, <laughs> you know, I have not really put uh, much thought into that or uh, updated that in quite some time so so that's basically been what I've gone back onto this week um, looking at that refreshing that up because um, I think as a as an illustrator you know especially uh, to, to make those next steps that I'm wanting to make I think that's something that needs to be done so that's what I've been going to um, I'm, I'm excited about it uh, a little bit nervous, to be honest, you know, sending a portfolio out to everyone for their thoughts. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. But, I mean, that's, that's my little moment of zen uh, for all my uh, art friends out there. If there's been something that's, that's been, you know, on your, your back for a little while that you're like, hey, get out of here. I'm busy. Uh, sometimes I think it's good to be like, you, you know what? This is next on the chopping block. Let's let's get this done. Uh, so, so that's been it. Uh, I don't know if we'll end up probably putting that on the, the website. We'll see how we go. But yeah, that's about it for today. Um, I think it's time to talk about our matches of the week in our double main event double header edition. Let's uh, let's throw over over to to Chris in the studio. It's basically the same studio that I have here. It's it's a little bit 
not quite true. But anyway, anyway, let's let's throw over to, to Chris and Jeremy. <laughs> Take it away, guys. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. We we have a familiar voice back on the line here. Returning uh, special guest co-host, a uh, man known the world over as James Vanderbeek, but known to me as my dear friend Jeremy. Welcome to the show, my dude. All right. Hey, everybody. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me once again to chat some professional wrestling always always thanks for for making the time for for watching some matches and doing some chat skis my dude yep yep always what i'm here to do aim to please oh you do a great job and you picked in a very eclectic mix of matches today they have nothing to do with one another (laughs) not even on the same continent um it's pretty wild this is so good so um this is now a first double header uh special special double main event episode of uh the the match of the week where i I thought you know when we have these uh artist interviews it it generally in the past has led to me having to do two episodes in a week i think that's that's maybe a little bit too much i thought why don't for the next week we can just do two match of the weeks (laughs) And then I thought this would be great because it'll result in some some really weirdly um, contrasting matches. And <laughs> I, I don't think we could have got two more weirdly contrasting matches than this first week. No. Actually, the only thing I'd say uh, similar is maybe that uh, Hashimoto and Terry Gordy have a similar wrestling style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're both awesome. Yeah, total brawlers <laughs> that just pick you up and throw you on your head if they need to. Yeah, yeah, so good. And so, yeah, for uh, everybody, our, our two matches that we'll be discussing today are um, Sari versus Chihiro Hashimoto um, from uh, May of uh, of last year, from the, the first ever uh, Sariism uh, Chapter 1 show from Shinjuku Face in Tokyo, Japan. And uh, a match from World Class Championship Wrestling from 1984, uh, one of the, the few um, title defences of NWA World Heavyweight Champion Kerry Von Erich, his first title defence, as it would be, uh, against the amazing Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Um, and, my gosh, these matches... Again, have very little in common, but I love them both so, so much. I will agree 100% on all points. Yeah, the, the, I, I didn't know what to expect uh, watching the, I'm not going to jump ahead too much, but the Terry and the Carry match, because mm. I didn't watch much of uh, that stuff back in the day, especially not a lot of uh, Kerry Von Eric stuff. I remember him from WWF days. So. The Texas I didn't Tornado? Need, yeah, I didn't, need to, I didn't need to go back any further and see any other stuff before he was any good, you know what I mean? <laughs> when he got the WWF, that's that's prime Kerry. No. But yeah, uh, great picks here. Man, it, it's something else, hey, like when you're, a lot of people I think similar to yourself would think of Kerry Von Eric from that, that WWF run as the Texas Tornado when yep. motherfucker only had one foot 
But was she so was still doing a bloody good job for for only having one foot, I would say. But um definitely. I had no fucking clue the guy only had one foot. Like you go back and look, you're like, well, I guess you can kind of tell, but not really. Guys getting around pretty good with just one foot. Testament to a dude's just like insane drive and everything like that. But like getting to see him like at this point, which I would say is like his absolute prime. Dude, the guy was ripped. Oh, oh my man. goodness. And yeah, we'll we'll talk a bit more about it later. But just like seeing how he moves and the amount of like dynamism that he has with everything, and just like the electric kind of like charisma that he does everything with, just such a treat. Yep, agreed. But uh, yeah, we we have one Joshi wrestling match, one current Joshi wrestling match, and one match from 1984 from uh, <laughs> from Fort Worth, Texas. So this is this it was is cool great... to see the Suri and uh, Hashimoto stuff because we've covered multiple matches of theirs in the past, hmm. and I've always enjoyed both of these ladies' work. They have great chemistry together. Each match almost like. It's always a treat because they do something something different each time. I'd say they're two of one another's greatest like career rivals, career opponents. Um, and yeah, we we talked a lot about it like when we've been watching back in the day when we had the the grown men watch this shit podcast. We yep. we spent a lot of time covering Sendai girls. <laughs> yeah, because they were badass. And it got to the point where, like, are we the creepy guys who only talk about Japanese ladies wrestling? <laughs> no, because we're talking about the wrestling, not how great they look in their outfits. But, uh, yeah, dude, these, I like how this started out with kind of uh, alluding to her run in the WWE where they kind of tried to make her super gimmicky and she came back and, like, dropped all that, cut her hair, and now she's a badass again. I didn't really get to see any of her, her run in, in NXT. All I know was that apparently she was um, saddled with some terrible quasi-racist Sailor Moon gimmick. That yeah, at first didn't she didn't have well. it, and then all of a sudden she was gone for a while, and then she came back, yeah, doing the Sailor Moon thing, and I was like, well, I mean, marketable, sure. Uh, in great taste? No, nah, probably not. <laughs> like, seriously, they could have made toys if it had gotten over, but... Uh, yeah, it's so hackneyed. And here we're gonna make you a Sailor Moon because you're Asian. Did it's they just kind weird. of like was it sort of dead on arrival and that they were like, okay, this clearly was not a good idea, or what happened? It disappeared rather quickly, as far as I remember. She, she originally just came out as herself and had an awesome match. She does that low drop kick that mm. uh, with her on the bottom rope where it looks like it just kills the person because it probably does and. <laughs> Uh, it looked awesome, and then all of a sudden she was gone, and I I was so excited. Like I, I was like, Suri and NXT, this can't miss. And of course, they always prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was honestly, like, so sad of, of two losses of, like, our, you know, this is Sendai Girls group that was, like, some of the best wrestling going at the time. Some of the best women's wrestling I've ever seen. Um, like, between, I think my two favourites were definitely Sari and Mako Satomura. Was, yep. like, the, the two just, like, you know, anytime they're doing anything, it was always going to be great. Um, and then first, I can't remember which came first, but yeah, we, we lost both of them to, to NXT. Um, and yeah, then thankfully I was like, holy shit, Ceri's back. Um, <laughs> and then this was actually her, her comeback match, her, her first match um, back in Japan uh, under an event that she promoted under her own name. It was called Ceri-ism. 
um, at uh, Shinjuku Face, uh, lovely venue, that one. Uh, but yeah, man, it's so much fun. And, and in this, um, this sort of, there's a little uh, video, hype video kind of thing going into the match where they even like show her, um, her Sailor Moon uh, attire or whatnot in yeah. her, um, a locker. And she just says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was hilarious. I was like, oh, she's yeah, she's just going to lean into it. I didn't know it was actually her own thing that was going on, so that's interesting. And I love the name, Sariism, like, all about me. And she picks, of course, as we spoke about a moment ago, one of her best opponents to headline the show, I imagine, with. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't think of a more fitting opponent for her to you know, return home to Japan, have a, her first match back um, in, in Tokyo against. Like, I was so stoked when I remember seeing this first announced. Um, so, and, and then here we go, her and, and Chihiro Hashimoto. So I guess a lot of um, kind of pressure going into it after you know all this time and all of the expectation of being like oh is she still any good is can she still go all that kind of stuff yeah i imagine so and then also hashimoto looked like in great shape you know what i mean like slimmed down a bit i as far as i could remember and always a badass so still just a just a power a tank. Hoss, yeah. tank machine man yeah. i can't say enough good things about jihiro hashimoto and I liked her. Uh, I I like the aesthetics of this show because uh, the song that she came out to was totally badass. It was a and then she she came out wearing like looked like she skinned Sully from Monsters Inc. and decided <laughs> to wear him. That, that is such a great way of putting it. <laughs> it was so cool. I was like, "What the hell is this? It's badass." She's like a gigantic furry <laughs> it was cool without the head uh but yeah it was super cool i was like that's a great presentation yeah and then uh Saray's music too i thought was like super cool totally mm-hmm. got into the vibe of it seemed like she had like almost like a bit of like an emotional moment moment kind of on the way to the ring of this big big return to japan um i'm, I'm just right, reading please, just reading now guess who her, her last opponent was in NXT um, prior to this match. Oh, hang on, let me think. Uh, Fallon Henley. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a random NXT girl. <laughs> it was, was it Tiffany? Close. It was Mandy Rose. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. Mandy actually, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say she's the greatest, but toward the end of NXT, she got pretty good as far as decent in the ring and pretty good on character. Uh, kind of like uh, Nikki Bella eventually came around pretty decent in the ring, I always thought. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's hilarious. Mandy and Suri. Yeah. I, the dropkick probably was gnarly. She probably <laughs> fucking took her face off. Well, I don't know if it stopped her doing that by that point, but it's telling me that Suri like, had to put her over in five minutes. So. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. I can see why that was her last, uh, last match in... Man, yeah, that's when Mandy year. was a champ. That was when Mandy was champ, I think. Man. Um, but I was, yeah, I remember being so excited for this big return. Um, and then, so we, we go into it. The, the whole crowd is basically there because it's sort of like Ceri's comeback show, I guess. Um, so everyone's ready to go. And then, man, just from like the start of this, 
it just like almost like they went straight back to it. But then I don't know. Reminded me how mean Suri is. Like she didn't let her be as mean in NXT, but I remembered in Sendai, she's just like mean, like kicking her in the head. Like <laughs> it's just gnarly, yelling at her, cussing her out the entire time. It seems it's like Suri is a badass. Yeah, it um there there was almost like a thing early on in the match where it's like she definitely is a badass, but early on I was noticing, I don't know whether you sort of picked up on this, but in the early bit of the match it was like some of her strikes and stuff, they were not the same Suri that I remember from watching Incendo Girls. It was almost like that um that performance center re uh, remolding kind of thing had done its work and I was like what have they done? What have they done to Sari? <laughs> you're 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 not actually hitting her. No, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I I didn't really take time to compare because I was uh, you know just kind of excited about the moment. But I guess you could be right on that, dude. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I mention it is because it was so satisfying throughout the match. Like the way I sort of like watched this match and the way it felt was it was almost like as the match went on, it was like she was throwing off the shackles. And then we saw, like, the real, you know, stiff, badass Sari come yep. out. And you saw you saw those, like, you know, these start-out strikes where you're just like, oh, what is this? And then it became just these, like, soul-punishing blows that we're more used to. It was wonderful. Yep, yep. There was, I think, uh, 100% right on that, especially the early going. There was a one point where I noticed she picked it up and I just was when uh, Hashimoto was on the ground. She literally came over and just stomped on her head, like, while she was on the ground. I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there was, it was pretty much all uh, an even match until Tordler was a point where early in the match where there's, like, in a vertical suplex position and then Hashimoto just powers her up and, like, holds her and then delivers her through the mat with a power slam. It's, it was a beauty. Did you remember that particular so moment? Oh my gosh. Oh, all goodness my, gracious. I, I just, all of um, Hashimoto's suplexes in this match, dude, just like from the power slam to like the, the there's a gut wrench that she does where she just mate. Is that the one you're talking about? Where she looks like she just powers her right through the mat. Well, yeah, the, well, there's, they ha, they're basically in a vertical suplex position. Like they're going to, she's going to pick her up, but then she just turns her around and puts her the other way and puts her legs toward the air. It's, and then she just holds her brief momentarily and then drives her down. It's, it's pretty early in the match. It's like the first big impactful move. Right, man. But, yeah, yeah. And then it's just like strength to strength on these suplexes, just some, some beautiful stuff. But then, I mean, later in the matches, we'll see Sari as well. She, she is not to be outdone on suplexes. She can throw a beautiful suplex herself. Yep, yep. There's some were pretty gnarly on the landing, like where Hashimoto landed fully on one shoulder. That doesn't look fun by any means. <laughs> the, the early part of this match, I want to make sure to put over. I think my favorite sure. part was when it sort of got to a bit more um, grappling and sort of like grounded sort of grappling. And it was sure. it was kind of like that thing where it wasn't sort of clean and didn't look sort of like a almost uh, um 
I guess, a, a cooperative affair. It kind of looked... There was a point where I remember, like, Hash just sort of, like, stopped her momentum and then just kind of, like, planted down on her and then just... I don't know. There was something that was so great, I thought, about that kind of um, back and forth, just struggle wrestling, if you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. There was a moment like that where it was... Suri had, like almost a triangle in like pretty much like oh it wasn't like locked in super tight but they were basically in a triangle and Hashimoto just had to power up yeah th- there was a constant struggle and it felt like a real fight not super clean where everything is like all right we do this transition directly into this one because that's what happens in a wrestling match this is just they're they were grappling they were fighting yeah and it's so refreshing to see because i mean a lot of time outside of sort of the Joshi wrestling that I watch, and, and to be honest, I haven't actually got a chance to watch as much like Joshi wrestling as I as I used to. So a lot Agreed. of all I was seeing was sort of like a lot of your AEW women's wrestling kind of stuff, and there's some good stuff there, but also like, you know, not to shit on people, but some not-so-good stuff. Um, and I feel like overall, like, a lot of it, it, it's just so refreshing to see this because of that kind of like bit more realistic struggle and that just being the polar opposite of what I'm used to seeing of like your your AEW women's wrestling, if you know what I mean. Oh, 100%. Like, and then even, uh, you probably don't watch WWE even much, but their stuff is so formulaic. It's ridiculous. Like some of the girls are good too. It's just they are taught this one particular style of wrestling match. So it's pretty much always the same. Yeah. Uh the the triangle move that I was talking about a moment ago, it ended when Hashimoto powered her all the way up and took her into the corner, like rushed her into the corner, mm-hmm. and then Suri held on and they she did like an arm bar over the top oh, rope. So yes. it was like so good. I'm like, ah, oh, beautiful. I remember that. So great. And then they they sort of brawled into onto the outside for a bit, or we had the, the big uh, cross body of, of Saray on into the outside. Oh, yeah, that was so red. My, I don't know if you have a note about this, but this entire point when they're on the outside, the ring announcer. I was actually just going to say, what is up with this guy? I was going to say, Chris, I got a question. Like, is he doing play-by-play? Because officially was, he's just yelling stuff, and then he got the counting. And when he got the counting, it was hilarious. <laughs> and then also, during that entire time, did you notice this one lady who was like, she must be part of the ring crew or something like, but she's like walking around with a towel and like wiping down the back of Suri at one point. I'm like, I'm not sure what is going on with this lady. Oh, yeah. But what is the announcer guy? It was crazy. <laughs> it was, he definitely had his pet pills before this, this show or this match. <laughs> yeah, he was into it. <laughs> My gosh. But yeah, he was just screaming with so much enthusiasm. It was the best. Thing I literally ever. have my notes as what was this dude yelling on the PA? <laughs> what, what is going on? I think for the most part, it was uh, sort of like all of the time in Japanese wrestling when people are on the outside, the ring announcer will like warn the crowd basically for their safety to, you know, stay sure, out sure. of the way, stay in your seat, you know, you know, be, be careful kind of thing. But Man, he was screaming like bloody Abdullah the Butcher was coming for these people. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of the way! Yeah, uh, at our shows, uh, at SOS, we have a bit before the show starts, we let everyone know, hey, if you see any competitor coming from at you from any direction, it's your job to get the fuck out of the way. And the whole crowd 
all together says, get the fuck out of the way. It's the best. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. But yeah, then, then the, the actual count out part. Man, yeah. I have not heard someone count with so much enthusiasm in I think my lifetime. This was And especially because he got to it was I when he got to nine, I'm like, oh man. I was like, oh ten. Okay, there, this is a 20 count situation. This guy gets to count all day. <laughs> man. <laughs> It was oh. even better about that is like I'm like laughing about that and then the the wrestling itself is starts kicking off because that's when uh, mm. the all the lariats start coming at Suri and she's like kicking them like she's actually kicking Hashimoto's arm to get away from him. The, yeah, that was badass. Oh man, when she starts working over the arm, there's a bit specifically when um, Suri like catches her for the the Fujiwara. That yep, was just yep. one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was almost like the best way I can describe it is like a far more like like um impactful and and like all all go no show version of like a la mystica kind of thing mm-hmm. and she yeah. just looked like she fucking killed her and put her arm out of its socket on this thing it was awesome yeah it's been so quick it, like it the impact was so uh sudden yes and then it actually there's a point in the other match when Terry Gordy does uh an arm drag where it's so sudden and quick, just like that, you're mm. just like, oh, I was like, oh shit, that motherfucker's on the ground. Yeah, so funny that the little little similarities and contrasts later on. Please, please remind me of the suplex thing as well. That was another thing that I think we we had in the second one. But um, man, the I think this was the exact point, like you're saying, where it really like got up to next gear, and we started mm. seeing, like I was saying, those sort of like early uh, strikes that were maybe not the most impactful they fell to the wayside and we just got like full oomph sorry back you know and man i was just so happy to see it like i remember watching this when i watched it for the first time and this was where i was like going from you know sometimes you watch a match that you hear is like you know or you expect it's going to be really good and then mm-hmm. sometimes it can just be not quite it and that's almost like up like to still good but not like yeah. uh, the greatest thing yeah yeah, and, like, early on, that was sort of, like, where I was dreading that match was kind of gone. Like I was saying, that sort of, like, performance center reprogramming kind of thing. And then at this point, you, I was just, like, had such a joy inside of me to where I was just like, yeah, fucking Saria's back, dog. <laughs> yeah, the, the Fujiwara, actually, we were just talking about, she actually kind of, like, rolled over where she had her kind of back and holding both arms, kind of like of a, a reverse rings of Saturn almost. So it was cool. wild. Yeah. Man, and this was exactly that point, like you were saying, with those big asshole stomps that we, we know Saray is like oh. good for. All over the, like just clomp, clomp, like full f- impact. Yeah, it's gnarly. And um, big hash, hash can take it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but there was a one point where she didn't want it no more because she, Sari went to go up and Hashima like literally leapt across the ring to grab to pick her ankle before she could climb up to the ropes again. I was like, that that's awesome. That's desperation showed it a, a match. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's really what I felt from this point on in the match. Like the whole rest of the thing was both women were like wrestling with such like complete desperation. Like just really like going all out like like they needed this kind of thing and and i don't know i mean i guess that sort of like desperation and um 
I don't know, sometimes you don't see it in matches again, like where this was just like so refreshing and I was like, man, he's, this girl's fucking going for it, man. 100%. Yeah, that, that's why I've always, like, I wish I could make more time in my life to watch Sendai Girls, but it's, I have too much fun making fun of the other stuff. It's, you know what I mean? Like, this that's is fair. like uh, enjoying some delicious dessert rarely like it's too rich to enjoy all the time you know what i mean it's like it's like the thing where you don't want to have like you know a, a proper like dry age steak every night of the week or no. you won't appreciate it no <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a good line of bullshit i suppose uh also there's hashimoto there's this was coming up right after that hashimoto was fighting off a sunset flip power bomb that sari tried to pull on her yeah. and she was literally holding on so tightly to the ropes of like yeah that's strength that that, <laughs> that woman is a strong individual yeah yeah and then she like uses that strength too it's not like she's got that functional strength but like because the match is so like cooperative or whatever that you couldn't even really tell like you she she have multiple moments where you just like see man she is just a, like you're saying a tank yep and uh this is when they started also again more into the just slapping the shit out of each oh, other man, that was so good that was when you i was like okay we're going from next level to next level yep yep and hey okay so i don't it's probably maybe jumping up a little bit, but hmm. Hashimoto did a crazy slam that kind of looked like uh, an air raid crash or a kryptonite crunch, or whatever, but without the head trapped. Is that? Oh, yeah. What is that? Or is that just she was just throwing her? I think that's actually like it's sort of a, a traditional like amateur wrestling throw. Okay. Um, I remember I, I briefly did like a little foray at like the local PCYC after I couldn't like do pro wrestling anymore i was like oh maybe doing a bit of like greco-roman or something would be a bit of fun i i was far too crippled at that point to do that <laughs> but that was one of the things that i remember i remember learning actually so yeah it's like and i think that's because you know hash has has such a great um amateur wrestling background from what i've told sure um but yeah that that was so sick and then there was also did you notice the amazing um there was a, a great roll-up by Sari. it was like do, do you remember we watched much shocker back in the day shocker the luchador guy yeah uh i maybe a couple matches sure Perhaps, perhaps in his TNA run. Um, but yeah, that, that's 100% where it would have been. So this was actually his signature pin, his signature um, sort of roll-up capture um, sneaky pin uh, that, that she broke out that was, like, so sick. You know what? I probably, I, I 100% think I've seen him do it before, if I know what you're talking about, but I, I fucking must have missed it. I may have been typing something out. <laughs> but, hey, nice nod. I wonder if it's just something that she picked up in her run or she specifically had seen Shocker do it. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Or watch an old TNA. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe she was a big fan of CMLO back in the day. I don't know. Could have been. Could have been. <laughs> oh, man. Apparently, Shocker is not doing too great these days. Well, that's no good. Yeah. It, uh... I think we made it in the past. Some bad stuff happened with people when we mentioned them on the podcast. So we got to be careful. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> um hey there is also uh, i may be jumping ahead too much i don't let me see here let me read my notes real quick ba, 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 ba. um there is okay yeah so there was this crazy forearm exchange and then 
uh, there was a huge lariat to the back of the head of uh, Hashimoto, and then huge German, and then by uh, Hashimoto, who oh, planted Marie with a power bomb as well. Oh my goodness. Like, it was just a series of that, power moves. That German specifically, it was like a released German, and just mm-hmm. she got so much air and just dumped her onto her head. It was yep. one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And then without even thinking, not going off of a pin off of that, picks her straight up. Sick pal bomb. Yeah. <laughs> like so uh this is where I go into murder mode. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that was it. Those those it's like a what's it like a gargoyle clutch suplex that Ahmed Johnson kind of used to do, and Sari did two of those. I don't think Ahmed Johnson was trying to do it as uh deliberately on the head. I think he just did it on accident. These ones looked intentional. Dude, shout what's... out to how great. Ahmed Johnson was. He gets a lot of hate these days, uh, especially from from opponents that didn't enjoy working with him particularly. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> I, but as a fan, I was like, he looks like he's murdered him. He and was turns sick. Out, he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah, I loved him. It's great. Yeah. I'd love to see Ahmed Johnson come come out of retirement for a Joey Janelle spring break. That'd be fantastic. Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> bring back a pearl river plunge for some motherfuckers yeah i i don't i don't know what that throw is called i think i heard one time it was called like a gargoyle but i'm not 100 percent sure hey that sounds badass if that's not it it should be yep we're dubbing it here on the podcast gargoyle <laughs> suplex man and then when Suri gets back on top and she nails her with i i think in all of the women's wrestling i've ever seen Siri definitely has the the just nicest Uranage suplex that I've ever seen. Out, but just regardless of gender, outside of bloody um, Hiroshi Hase, I think this is the coolest Uranage suplex I've ever seen. That's what seen. I'm talking about. So that's a Uranage when you because th- normally it's like a rock version, but it's kind of like twisting. But this one's like she's throwing them over her head and then like snapping it down. Yeah, well, that's like that- the legit sort of yeah, like okay, Hase version. Um, where you sort of we did not rename it we did not rechristen the name (laughs) (laughs) but yeah those versions that Yurinagi were gnarly because that's what Ahmed tried to do and he like it looked like he was myrtleizing people (laughs) but she did two of them dude like yeah right on her head it was like deliberately good enough but that like second one I was like oh my gosh and that uh, was where I was like, okay, I think that needs to be the uh, the illustration in question uh, for yeah. for the match, um, and and it was again that sort of tricky thing where you know you're waiting for for the exact right framed one, and, and I think both of those um, Yurinagi suplexes in the the match on you know watching the video of it, they weren't quite the best angle of it, but then mm. I came across. Uh, a photograph that was taken during this match that it was... Oh, that's sneaky. Yeah, so that was like an even better, um, I guess, reference to go by, and it just caught the best angle. So I was just honestly trying to um, live up to how sick that that photo was uh, with the illustration. But, um, yeah, man, this this was, again, the point where you're just like, this is probably the most joy that I've what, gotten from watching a women's wrestling match in, in so long. Yeah, and all I thought was like, man, I wish people who saw Sari in NXT got to appreciate her at this level because, yeah. like, it was not at anything in comparison. And maybe it's because she has to be facing somebody as good 
as Hashimoto, and that's what really brings her up to that level. Or they just had a governor on her so much that she couldn't run, you know. Uh, but yeah, fucking tremendous match. And that wasn't even the end. Like, after she drops him on her head twice, then she does a beautiful bridge in German. And again, picking up Hashimoto and doing a beautiful bridge in German is pretty impressive. Man, that, um, like a proper Takayama Everest-style German suplex with just one of the the most beautiful bridges that you mm. would ever see is just like such a thing of beauty. Like, and, and the way they led into that as well with the whole finishing sequence and, and it all had like so much sort of desperation and like the, the counters of it. And Oh man, I can't say enough good things about it uh, for, for everyone who uh, hasn't seen this match. Again, I'm assuming that you have by the point of listening to this show, but if not, bloody go out of your way to see it. It's honestly incredible. Um, I uh, and, and then on top of that, they actually have a rematch that happened just a couple of weeks ago in January um, oh. that uh, you can you can purchase on um, Ceri's website. Uh, I, you know, you might be able to get it elsewhere, but I think it's always good to, to support when it's like sort of an independent thing like that. Um, and, you know, she's putting on this show herself. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend if you, if you, you know, enjoyed this um, to, to get that one because I heard that the rematch is perhaps even better. I don't know. I'll check it out in the future. We'll see how we go. We may talk about it in the future. Ooh. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just... That that was such such a fun match, and by the end, and and I thought I want to make sure to say like the actual finish because that you'd think this is Siri's big return to Japan, right? Her big triumphant return after like a not so great run in NXT. Uh, so you'd think, all right, she's gonna start out, you know, hot, get a big win to start off off of her first Sariism show, but no, it's it's Hashimoto going over, which I thought was so clever, <laughs> or like. Not even clever, but it was the right thing to do because, in a way, it's like Saray's been away. She's been in NXT. She's been away from like top level competition, while like Hashimoto has been like still at the absolute top of her game in Sendo Girls. She's become their like world champion. She's doing rad stuff, I think, with with Stardom as well. Um, so yeah, of course, Hash should should get that that big win when Saray's first back. I thought that was really good. And yeah, especially also if you're if you're trying to compel people to come back to the rematch, that's that's a way to go. Yeah. You know, Ceri's got to get that win back. And honestly, the first time I tried to watch this, I was I was tired. I'm like, Chris, I can't pay proper respect to this match. I need to watch it over again. Please allow me some time. And yeah, once once I watched it the second time, I'm like, yeah, that's some good shit. Right into my vein, yeah, please. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I, my um, friend uh, Bradley, who was on the, the show previously, um, when we, we talked about that uh, Loki Kenta match from ROH back in the day, um, he uh, since has, has watched this match as well. And he was not familiar with either of the girls, but he was like, that was bloody awesome. So I love that it appeals to, you know, all sorts. Yep. And 
I just enjoy a mean Siri just yelling and cussing. I, I think at one point I it appeared she gave the crowd a middle finger. Probably not though, but she was just all riled up. Maybe the number one finger. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so so good. And uh, now we are on to the the point of, of crossover on the show, where we now transport ourselves yeah. from um, from May of 2013 back to. Um, also May of 1984 in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, the day after Kerry Von Erich has climbed the mountain and finally won the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship from Ric Flair uh, on his, uh, the, the commemorative show of uh, his brother uh, David, who, who unfortunately passed away recently um in in japan so this was sort of the the big um david von eric memorial show um and kerry got the beautiful big moment and by recently you meant in in time of the match not (laughs) Not presently no (laughs) (laughs) but so this is I, i didn't actually know this initially when i watched it but this actually occurred the day after that that massive um show at uh, Texas Stadium, I think, um, when he, he won the title. So this was his, his first ever defence uh, in the, the Will Rogers Memorial Coliseum against his uh, one of his arch rivals with the, the great um, fabulous Freebirds versus Von Erich Brothers feud that was red hot at this time um, against Terry Bam Bam Gordy and... I'm I'm not gonna lie. I, I was a little bit worried when I was like, after I ended up watching this match and loving it so much that it made became the match of the week. I was worried. Are people just gonna think I'm trying to cash in on the the Von Erichs, you know, Iron Claw movie thing? <laughs> you know. Oh, you son well, of a bitch! A, I didn't even realize I've been bamboozled into marketing that's a for you. Lazy move, Chris. <laughs> But what it... Yeah, Chris, actually, before we get into that full match here, I wanted to discuss the link you sent me included some awesome <laughs> promos uh, from the mix of Carrie. Uh, we had Chris Adams, the gentleman himself, and then the Rip crippler, Oliver. Rip, yeah, yeah, Rip Oliver. Yeah, I just want to say Rip Oliver looks so much like a mix of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. It's ridiculous. It's like literally those two individuals pressed into one human being and i love Dude, everything Rick about Oliver's it fantastic. but the, the, if you ever want to watch some some old, oh, yeah. um portland wrestling from back in the day any of the stuff with mm. like rip oliver buddy rose like rip oliver it was an awesome promo also a fantastic wrestler so good but the my favorite part and i was really getting a chuckle out of Unfortunately, the NWA champion we're talking about here, uh, Carrie's oh promos were so <laughs> funny because he is just, you know, he's a country boy. And then he called Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase, and he said day, it though, so dude. much. That was a funny thing that's been oh, lost really? in the sands of time. You watch any stuff from this time, because I remember I watched a lot of um, of Mid-South back in the day, too, like, you know, Watts's uh, promotion. But then Chris Adams said it on DiBiase. The I, from whole what thing. I remember, people would just alternate. Like, there was no rhyme or reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It just hits when you're, you know, when you grow up on yeah. the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. It just hits your ear just in such a way to hear DiBiase. But Carrie is just hilarious. And oh, he's man. trying to sell the, 
the matches to all these different towns. It's this it's is so such a good. funny piece, and of you footage. can hear that they're like different versions of the same promo. Oh yeah, because hilarious. it was like it was almost like this was the tape that got sent around to the different um you know different regions for them to play on their TV. Like you're not supposed to watch each of them in succession. Like but... yeah. Because it's like the same thing essentially. Each yeah, time. it's like, all right, I'm coming to Oklahoma and I'm gonna fuck up this guy. And you think you <laughs> went back with my dad, or our dads used to wrestle, and my dad got the best of it. Yeah. Oh man, it was great. And sometimes Carrie would mess it up. He's like, and then my dad would beat you <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, it was tremendous because it really hammered home. Yeah. Part I, I want to say like a big part of the magic of the Von Erichs was they were not, like, polished. They weren't overproduced, like, and I think this was a key part of their appeal and the reason why they had, or the reason why they had such a connection to the fans in Texas, because they felt real. And I think that is so important. And, like, you might look at this with with current eyes or, like, ears and and what you're used to from, you know, watching current WWE or AEW, and you'd be like, oh, this promo was terrible. But when you you think about it and the idea that you're seeing these little flubs and not quite right things or whatever, it's almost like that actually gives you a next level of, of... connection to the guy and like a bit more authenticity i want to say so as much as there was part of it where you sort of watch it and you kind of giggle and you're like oh man that was not very good um i do think that was weirdly part of their appeal if you know what i mean it's charming like when carrie's like uh i'm here for one reason two reasons (laughs) (laughs) it was so good i was like love it love it uh also chris adams hates the von erics more than i think anybody's hated mm-hmm. anybody in these mm-hmm. promos oh adam's promo was actually quite good hey yep but the best part was like these promos that were part of this link that i sent to, to jeremy um for for the match had absolutely nothing to do with the match they just happened to be hell no <laughs> Hell no. I don't even think Terry Gordy was mentioned in the whole time. <laughs> Kerry was definitely in there, but they never mentioned Terry. Also, the video was listed as Kerry Von Erich versus Terry Gordy 1985, when, as we've noted, this one uh, took place in 1984, and, and Kerry was only champion for, like, three weeks in, in May of 1984. So uh, I, I did have to look back. I was like, wait, am I getting this wrong? Is this right? No. No, I think it's just mislabeled, but a great a great piece of footage nonetheless. Um, but, man, I, I did want to say, um, so what happened here was I watched the Iron Claw movie, as I was raving to you about last time. I was super enthused about it. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole of, of YouTube stuff. I was not <coughs> expecting that, you know, this stuff was going to necessarily hold up today. Um, but then I watched this match. I was like, oh, man, Kerry and Eric was Terry Gordy for the NWA Championship. That sounds pretty sick. I watched it with little expectations other than just being like, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, that sort of Beatles kind of thing of just how insanely over Kerry and the Von Erics were to these fans. And, you know, I love me some Terry Gordy. So I was just like, I'll just get some enjoyment out of this. Had no expectation that this would honestly be the best match that I watched this that week. Uh, and the same week that I watched, like, Danielson versus Okada, I pr- I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Damn. It's high praise. Yeah, I, I, this is a hell of a contest. Um, 
I both guys were crazy over when they came out. Like people were going literally bananas uh, when Carrie came out. But when Bad Street Atlanta GA starts playing, you're just like, fuck yeah, dude, this song dude, rocks. I forgot how good that song I, it, is. That goes so hard. Like I felt that in my soul when when Terry Gordy was coming mm-hmm. out, man. That was so great. And the idea that like Michael Hayes actually like wrote that he was like involved in it with um i think he's singing yeah I think yeah he's he singing. sings it as well yeah such a good yeah. song and then that was like a big part of the the um freebirds you know of i mean the freebirds for the longest time they always came out to um uh before the the release of, of bad street they always came out to um freebird by uh skinner isn't it Yes, I believe so. Yeah, the very uh, classic song. So it's hard to compare, but this is just like such a banger. And then, so I was so excited. I don't know about you, but like big part of my fandom of, of Kerry was I always thought he had the coolest theme music going with the, um, you know, Tom Sawyer by Rush, which honestly is, is what got me into Rush and basically like prog music and all that stuff, but not in this one. I don't know whether this was a short-term deal where whilst he was NWA champion, he did not come out to Tom Sawyer, but instead we got uh, some sort of cover of um, You'll Never Take the Texas Out of Me by Waylon Jennings. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I always thought a good theme, well, everyone thinks this, a good theme song really makes a character, but we're... The Freebirds, the first to really have like a personalized song written for them about them, sung by them. Like, was that? that it's yeah, gotta yeah, be, for right? sure. And like, even before that, for the, when they were coming out to just Freebird um, by Skinner, um, I think they were like one of the first wrestling acts to actually come out to music full stop. Like, before that, that oh, was. Oh, yeah, that, you yeah. know what? Yeah, I believe, I believe that is might be correct. Yeah, it's so weird that you think like it's so much part of the presentation of every character now that at one point, no, no one did it. <laughs> Eventually, like somebody goes, "Hey, is that music playing? Hey, that's cool. Yeah. Those guys look really cool coming out." To that and that, that's a great example as well of like how ahead of their time world class was as a promotion at this time in terms of both the music but also the production. Like the actual filming of the the matches um and and lighting and everything was like so far ahead of of the game at that point like basically i remember watching i can't remember there was like ken mantell talking on one of the original world-class documentary but he was saying how like wwf jacked so much of their the shit from world classes production so very ahead of the game yes indeed um but man that the crowd here they quite liked um Kerry coming out to this song. I I was ready, like I was saying, to like just see Kerry like looking like a rock star, but still like it, it somehow over delivered on what I was expecting, like how much this crowd fucking loved Terry. I mean Kerry. Hey, that's probably gonna happen a lot here. No, uh, yeah, for sure, man. The you you can't uh, put down a Von Eric in his own area. And then, fucking A, dude, the guy's ripped. He's wearing a jacket. has got his dead brother's name on the back. Like, how could they not love this yeah. guy? <laughs> like, yeah. Carrie Von Eric, you're a guy. And, like, did you, dude, I was going to mention this later on, but did you notice in the crowd, 
just like the amount of like women there were. Like it was like 90% women. It was Beatles level of screaming in the crowd at points when Carrie would make comebacks or something. The girls were getting bananas and the boys were getting a little wild too. They they were that, out that, there, dude. That might have made them question like, something about himself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> dude, Carrie Von Eric, like I said, was ripped. The modern day warrior, like there was the guy had never missed a day in the gym in his life. His I imagine dad probably had him on steroids from like the age of six. So. <laughs> yeah all the von Erichs were just in good shape but carrie was like next level that's why people probably remember at one point they got confused and thought carrie came in and became the yes. new ultimate warrior like that became a, a rumor i think i think that has to do with his modern day warrior name like they probably just like oh it's the warriors now the warrior yeah, oh. uh, these are the, really the two warriors of uh, of wrestling at the time. Because I mean, uh, Ultimate Warrior was in world class as the Dingo Warrior, as the Dingo, which I think yeah. is very underrated what? gimmick and name. It's a hilarious name, I, like not necessarily hilarious. I mean, just by funny, just just a great ridiculous wrestling. I name. never I ever it. heard an actual explanation of why he was the Dingo Warrior. Did someone like? Because you know, it's the Dingo. That is a. a um, an Australian wild dog. <laughs> I mean, maybe yep. it was from that. Do you remember the news story about the dingo run, running away with that woman's baby? Yeah, that ended up being true. Like, it legitimately happened. She, Everyone's like, you're a liar. And then they found the baby's coat in a dingo den. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember hearing how that yeah, worked crazy. out. But yeah. Just wild. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit older. So, yeah. Back in the day, Chris, we over here in America, we were obsessed with Australia for some reason. It was for a minute there. We loved everything about Australia. Good day, mate. Shrimps on the Barbie. Crocodile oh, Dundee. We Crocodile loved it. Dundee. I don't know so what happened. Great. But was, was, did that <laughs> yes. check out? Was this uh, timing of the dingo baby situation? Is that perhaps where the dingo warrior came <laughs> I don't from? Know. It might be. I don't know. It might be before that. Yeah, I think it might be well before that. That'd be so fucked up for him to choose. Yeah, I'm fighting for all the dingoes. Maybe because <sighs> they're getting a bad rap down here in Australia. I mean, he was a big baby face, so perhaps he was fighting. He was he was saving the babies from the dingoes. Maybe that's why he was the dingo warrior. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'm a warrior against dingoes. Uh, I'm I'm very proud of that sidebar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, back to the match. I want to put over um, yes. the commentator for this one. Uh, Running the, the booth by himself and doing a great job. Yeah, Mark Lawrence. Uh, he was the the um, one of the one of the lead um, commentators uh, at the the time. Other than uh, of course uh, Bill Mercer, um, but he Mark Lawrence took this one on his own. And my gosh, just what an amazing like old timey sports broadcaster whole like vibe. To me, he's everything that I think you could possibly want out of a professional wrestling commentator. Yep, I actually was listening. I'm like, I need to take notes, man. Uh, apply some of this to my trade. Um, yeah, and also actually the whole presentation just had a real sportsy feel like the the way it was uh the audio was recorded, it sounded really good. Like the ring announcer, he sounded mm -hmm. tremendous and very classic ring announcer voice. But yeah, the, the announcer guy, no fluff. He just, you know, doing commentary 
very casual, not going into too much detail, just saying, hey, he picked him up, threw him over there. Yeah, but good, but good commentary, not just like back in the day. How big is this guy? <laughs> and, and he did a great job as well of like coloring it out, of like referencing, you know, the famous feud between the, the Von Erich brothers and the, the Freebirds and yep. at the start of it with um with, with Michael Hayes slamming um Kerry's uh, you know, head with, with the door. Um I I thought he, he did such a great job. Uh but man, the bit <laughs> where like the wrestling gets going and they just start like this great lock up and it it just from the get-go I was like so drawn in and I don't know whether it's again sort of being transported back to this sort of like electric time in wrestling history or again what you were saying about like the really great like production all around it looked great it sounded great um but yep. man there was something about it that just from the time that bell went and just like the crowd and everything, I was just like, man, I I wish I could have been a, a young man in uh, in Texas at this point. Hey, yeah, all those they it was just like a simple, straightforward like lock up and then a power into the corner. But everyone was like, the crowd was really into everything, and it's all the simple things that honestly cause they could still work if people work them right. But just just getting things over slowly and not too much. Uh, dramaticism like carrie he is really dramatic in the way he reacts but it's almost the animation makes it so much more uh the, the fans can sink their teeth into it more because carrie's like whipping his body all around with uh arm oh, locks. sorry i'm stumbling on my words yeah. so good and, and i think there's some that's basically this whole match a lot of it is like in a way admittedly like quite basic um but like basic where Every little thing is done so well and they get the absolute most out of everything they do and like the the selling and the moments between and like the lead up and yeah, Kerry's like body language and stuff. But Terry Gordy's as well. Like, dude, his his He's weird hilarious. little like gyrations and cells and stuff. Like there's there's a bit so the first part that blew my mind, okay. I don't know if you have a note about this same one as well. But the first bit is where Gordy's got on top. Gordy's, like, driving Kerry into the turnbuckle, goes for it again. Kerry gets the, the, the boot up to block the turnbuckle with his foot, swings it around, yep. drives, like, Terry Gordy's head into the, the, the turnbuckle, I think a bunch of times. And then Terry Gordy ends up taking this amazing, enormous bump and has like just does like the best sell job to this, but then like it's almost like a Terry Funk one where he's all sort of bewildered, but then he gets the Dukes up and he's like, I'm I'm still alright, I'm still alright. Fuck, tremendous. Yes, that was tremendous. That's what I mean by him like not taking the big goofy bumps where it's like a guy his size, it makes it even more hilarious and like wow, like he got his ass rocked if he's flying around like that. Yeah, Terry's Terry and Terry. I'm going to fuck it up every fucking up. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Terry is great at that. There's a couple moments where he does some really wild bumping around. It's, it, yeah, it's good stuff. I, he's definitely underappreciated by most wrestling fans these days. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he had the amazing run in um, Japan, you know, like I think a lot of people see Terry Gordy as um, 
as as one of the you know greatest gaijins um you know ever i mean he's obviously his team with um with dr death steve williams like one of the 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 miracle violence connection one of the greatest um gaijin tag teams in in the history of all japan pro wrestling and japanese wrestling in general um but it, it just blows me away how good he was at such a young age like the at this match dude Terry Gordy was 23 years old. That's wild. And like, that is wild. <laughs> he is honestly like at a level to where he is better than most people you see like 20 years in. It was insane. That's that's crazy. I had no idea. I would have said the guy's in his 30s <laughs> or something. That's, that's wild. Uh, but when we were talking about like the really simple stuff, there was actually they Terry Gordy had carry in the uh abdominal stretch and then carry after a long time reversed it and the people in the crowd went bananas for a reversal of an abdominal oh. stretch dude i mean it's it's crazy like it would work these days like if people worked it up yep. enough he's heading there forever and then they reverse it yeah people would also pop. like because that was probably my favorite match moment of the whole match just like how insane a level of pop it was when Kerry reversed this abdominal stretch between like how great Kerry was at selling it and selling the pain and doing that sort of like, you know, that, that almost like contrived, like reach out to the fans for them to, you know, like support him to get out. <laughs> I of need it. your love. I need your love. It was so good, dude. And like, again, that like Beatles mania kind of thing where you, there was just like, he counted this abdominal stretch and there was fucking screams, man. And then not only, did he do that but this was my official favorite moment matching and again the reason why the illustration was what it was but where Kerry reaches his hand up he makes the claw oh, he yeah. looks to the crowd <laughs> this place is going insane he finally locks on the abdominal iron claw <laughs> and dude like screams fucking screams <laughs> I loved it. And the audio in this place, it, like you said, the screaming is Beatles level. The girls are growing bananas, throwing babies <laughs> in the air. Uh, and and then the way uh, Terry is selling it, like he's like, oh, my God, the Iron Claw. It, nowadays, people would laugh. You know, what I mean, like, that's what you're trying to get over. Uh, but how much people believe this move would murder a motherfucker? I mean, it makes sense, man, <laughs> especially, like, to, to Texas and, like, as much as, like, as as Fritz got that move over for, like, all those years in the lead yeah. up when he was this vicious Nazi heel and then he, like, somehow traversed that to become, like, the most beloved, <laughs> you know, family in, <laughs> in all of Texas. We might have to wear... We might have to consider that something. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> man, but... Then yeah, the the him teaching that iron claw to each one of his boys and them like doing hand exercises on like fucking great like bags of oats and shit. Like, man. I so popped good. real big when the iron claw came out. I was like, oh shit, iron claw. Rightfully <laughs> so. Oh man, like after it, there is like one of the greatest crowd shots I've ever seen in my life. Just this like pan over these like Again, like 80, 90% women just jumping up and down, losing their shit. And it's also like so beautiful because it like captures this moment in time of like 1984, Fort Worth, 
<laughs> like the fashion and the hairstyles and everything. These women that are just jumping up and down. And then one of them, I don't know if this caught your eye. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, 100%. I was going to say the one who was like so concerned about what was going on. She's like, oh my God, somebody might be dead from the iron you know what? <laughs> I was like so fascinated by this. She just had such a look of concern on her face that I was like, what? <laughs> and then I had a thought. I'm like, is this like Kerry's girlfriend, maybe? who he hasn't actually smartened up to, like, wrestling. And I look at <laughs> photos, dude, of um, the the wife of Kerry's. I think it's the same woman. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and she stood out so much because I was, yeah, all everyone in the crowd was going crazy except for this one lady wearing red, just really, really yeah, concerned. The so biggest good. eyes of just, like, holding her face, like, oh. Man. And then the what came up after that for the match itself, the started putting over Terry Gordy and his Oriental oh spike, which is is hilarious to me. And I was kind of thinking about it. Just imagine like Terry pitching this to the other guys, like, "All right, I'm going to tell everyone I went to the Orient <laughs> and I learned this fucking spike with my thumb, and it's going to be crazy over." And it was like, "Yeah, that's good, man. That is oh, good." The way they hyped this up was the best thing I've ever seen. And I guess, like at this point, Terry Gordy had already been working tours of Japan, probably part of the reason why he was like so great at such a young age. But the way they described yeah. it as like taught to him in the mountains of the Orient. Of the Orient. <laughs> so good. I love Yeah. And he sold it like, like I said earlier, the he was there's not a lot of fluff, more meaning like he's not trying to get himself over with commentary. He's just like in the mountains of the Orient. Like straightforward, not overly dramatic. It's I so good. It, and like also shout out to the great old man referee in this match bronco lubbock <laughs> lubbock that's my exact my note is he's so chill he's like the way he's doing his three counts is like standing on one knee just going one two nope get up guys yeah bronco lubbock oh what a guy what a lad man, he was like just had such a straight face through all of this it was it was tremendous he was just like all right yep i've been through this before and uh <laughs> it, like just it was so great but apparently he was a, a former famous very famous professional wrestler himself of a uh, hung hungarian ori uh, origin makes sense with that yeah. hairstyle Tremendous hair was great, hair. Dude, when I'm that age, I would kill to have hair that good. I am unfortunately out of luck in that department. Uh, I also look, there's more shots of the crowd mm -hmm. around this time, and these, the majority of these people probably thought this was fucking real. Like, the way I'm looking at these people, like, the majority probably think it's real. Like, I'm sure there's some in there who still enjoy it because it's a show, but I'm sure the majority of those people in that crowd thought this was a real You know what contest. I think the magic of is it, dude, is dude like, I don't even necessarily... Not that I'm making no, fun no, no, of them by no, any means. Like, I don't even yeah. necessarily yeah. think it's like that they thought it, it was real, but it was the environment that you're in. And when you have that mm -hmm. level of like love for someone, like they're such a rock star, and then everyone around you is... like I spoke a little bit on the, the last um, artist interview I did with this about trying to put down the magic of what professional wrestling is. And the idea of when you're there live, like everyone's sort of like committing to that suspension of disbelief kind of thing. And we're saying it's something yeah. about like the environment, even if like your brain tells you 
that, hey, this isn't real. But the environment and everyone around you and that sort of like, I don't want to say say like sheep mentality, but, you know, that sort of like following what everyone else does as humans we kind of do. I think that's what this was, man. Like it was such a high level of that. And that was like, to me, so much of the magic of professional wrestling, you know? I definitely believe that is a lot of the case in current days because everyone's commitment to the bit that wrestling is or it's kind of like improv everyone is yes anding this this whole concept uh but i don't know man some of the people in the crowd look so passionate <laughs> that th- this was life's ma- like life shattering if carrie von eric lost this title. my gosh <laughs> like you might not believe in professional wrestling but you believe in carrie von eric he is our our son that's won the world title and d- damn it he's not gonna lose it on his first night <laughs> no sir uh i i want to again talk about the announcer for a moment because there was a particular moment on commentary when terry gordy is going to put this pile driver on and the referee goes is this going to be a pile driver i hope not <laughs> and then sure enough he has the next fucking thing is a pile driver <laughs> it's like, yes I hope Dude, not. He was such a good pile driver, and it was. Uh, what did he? What did the commentator call it after he said like the most, the most devastating move in professional wrestling, which I just love so yeah. much. He was such a good pile driver. Yeah, and then the commentator also said something that was wild that I've never heard before in my entire life. He called terry uh or carrie doing a clothesline a clothesline royale oh man i had a note about this i popped so much when i heard clothesline royale <laughs> like i I just rewatched pulp fiction recently the royale with cheese bit i was like fucking immediately came to my head brain <laughs> yes 100 percent royale dude i like through this whole thing this was like really um, just shouting out to me like every one of Terry Gordy's strikes were like so damn good and so much better than like anything that I see today. Like between his like bionic elbows, his like sick punches, like his body shots, like every little thing that he was doing, man. So good. Yeah, guy knows how to move, man. And like I said, incredibly underrated um i'm sure everyone loved his run as the executioner in the wwe uh <laughs> do you remember when they did I, that I, to do, him? But, I mean that was that was kind of like a bit sad because that was after his sort of brain was i was i was trying to bring some levity sorry no 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 but i mean i i think that run was super interesting because it's like and he had the similar run in ecw right where it was like after his brain was kind of fried and he wasn't all there but he could still sort of go mechanically which I think even it's even like a compliment to him of like how great he was that even though like, you know, his brain wasn't quite there, he just had like those body mechanics that could still kind of kind of do it. Like so good. Yeah, you don't brought me down. I was just trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's totally out of it, but he, hey, he can still wrestle. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was way way good, and most big men. These days, like, are too focused on trying to also incorporate uh, high flying stuff, which is fine, I guess. I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, but I mean, I do love me some Mike Awesome, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, but that's a different kind. That's just like a guy 
<laughs> doesn't look as he's trying to be graceful when he's doing it. He's just jumping from things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh my God, got up to the top rope and just like, you're like, oh man, he's going to die and he's taking somebody with him. <laughs> I love Fuck it man. so much. Same, same with like some of those Vader moonsaults, man. Just some of the wildest shit you ever yeah. see. But there was a moment in this one, like, I, I want to say, Terry Gordy could bloody well move. He there was a few um yeah. like running big man crossbodies that he did that were one of the sickest things I've ever seen. It was just like Crushed he, him. he looked like he did it like so wild and out of control um that he looked and he just looked like he murdered Kerry on it. It was and he like when he he somehow generates like a speed like Terry Gordy when he was like running. To where you're just like you don't expect mm-hmm. a big man. It's almost like he he got going so fast. It was almost like the speed of like a truck or something. And it was it's just wild to see. I reckon in the conversation of like best big men wrestlers, I mean you've obviously got Bam Bam and Vader in there. I reckon Terry Gordy is right there. Oh yeah, number three more than likely. Uh... I mean, like, unless people are going back to old school Andre, that's like, but that's a whole different animal. That's a super, super yeah. heavyweight. Yeah, big, big man. Do you see? Do you see? GCW had a guy on recently called the American Giant. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this. No. Oh my god, he. I guess he is an old wrestler that uh, the guys at GCW just found and got him. You should take a look at him. He he looks like Kramer, <laughs> but he's like. Seven foot tall or something. It's 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 wild. I'm very <laughs> yeah, the American giant. And he's gonna be in the clusterfuck for uh GCW for Joey Janela's spring break. So yeah, man, look forward to seeing the American wow. giant. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> man, um I wanna as much as I'm just praising Terry Gordy in this right now. Also, like, shout out for how great um, Kerry was through so much of this. Again, like, all of these little things, but his strikes, man, were all, like, really, like, on point and good. And a lot of people sort of, like, make out that Kerry was just this kind of, like, roided up cokehead that, you know, had to be led by the nose. Like, you know, if you listen to um, much of, like, Flair's accounts of, um, of of the matches with Kerry. And to be honest, he probably was on a lot of cocaine for a lot amount of them. Um, well, you could hear a lot of talking in this match. You could actually hear some of the conversing, as far as I could tell, between uh, Terry and Kerry. Like, I couldn't audibly understand what they were saying, but it did seem like they were communicating. Yeah, but they, they were doing it in a good way. Like, I didn't think it was too... Yeah. obvious um like but no. yeah i definitely think i caught on to that a little bit but man every little bit of like carries like selling and just like to me he is the definition of like good or like great instincts in a professional wrestler you know what i mean like sometimes there's just certain things that can't be taught and like to me Kerry was just perfect for that in terms of those like knowing how to convert like a moat and to get the crowd in and to again get like the most you possibly can out of the littlest thing and man he had a beautiful drop kick as well oh yeah pinpoint and yeah the strikes are good they actually made me miss there's not really a lot of people who do traditional work punches more people throw forearms nowadays like mm-hmm. that's pretty much what everyone does uh but yeah these both guys had some great punches. Like they were, they looked good. Yeah. They looked real. Like they're, 
They may have been connecting. I don't know. More than likely not, because they were not trying to murder each other. But hey, I wouldn't it be surprised good. if they were fucking each other up. Because some of these punches look great. There's a bit when Terry got like on top of him. Um, I mean, no, I, I fucked mm-hmm. it up. I did it myself. When Kerry got on top of <laughs> Terry Gordy, um, and he was just like nailing him, like you know those like mounted punches to the face. That even yeah. the crowd oh, was loving that. That was like probably one of the highest points of the match. But like even you look back in the day of like you know Austin at his at his peak and he would do those quite a bit and um you know it was like you'd hear stories of like austin's punches just like fucking cleaning people's clocks but most of the time to be honest they didn't necessarily always look the most convincing these dude every single one was like fucking perfect on point i had so much respect for seeing like punches like to a downed opponent like that that were like so good every single one agreed and the fans just loved him because they're like oh man our guy is beating the tar out of this big bastard (laughs) and and, and it's like i think there was points as well that again by like today's standards You'd probably say it was like maybe a little a little sloppy kind of thing, I guess. But to me, this like just added to it so much. Cause again, like getting back to that that previous match we were talking about, it just had like such a great sense of like struggle. Like it didn't feel like they were they were working together necessarily, which I, I just loved. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um Carrie Von Eric threw one of the craziest looking elbow drops that I've ever seen. <laughs> How wild was it? <laughs> Dude, and I, like it's one of those ones where like he was so straight out, you he probably might hurt himself more than he hurt Bam Bam. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And that um how about when he was in the sleeper? And that was when um when Mark Lawrence was was going on about, oh, he's he's good, you know, anytime I'm gonna get that that Oriental spike. Um oh, and yeah. this is when Kerry to me had one of the greatest fire ups like up out of like the sleeper hold that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like the way he was just kind of like juking and like slowly like getting the crowd into it and like jiving his like fists up almost like he was doing some weird like like um Dusty Rhodes dance kind of thing. Oh, so sick. <laughs> well, you don't want to mess with the Oriana Spike, man. And once, if you ever get hit with it, you know, you got to do some crazy gyrations and get the crowd behind yeah. it. That's just professional wrestling. And then that gives you the adrenaline to get out of it. It makes sense. Yeah. It's legit. <laughs> I, I just, the hilarious thing is like imagining Terry Gordy or, or the guy from the Freebirds, like, hey, man, you should use something called the Oriental Spike. Like, just so. And I love like <laughs> thinking about that from the perspective perspective of like your average Texan, you know, in, in Dallas or <laughs> San Antonio yeah. or wherever at this time, 1984. It's like, oh, those those damn Orientals, eh? They're so mysterious. Yeah, and they, they got their kung fu. We don't want to mess around with that. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> uh I think they showed a clip of like the next match, I think the missing link and Tijo Khan were the other guys. I'm like, man, they did some crazy ass characters. Oh, so great. Yeah. Oh, Killer Khan, man. So, so good. Killer Khan, yeah. Um, oh, man. Side note, but there's there's absolutely. You ever watched that um, Killer Khan Terry Gordy match? 
Uh-uh. Oh, dude, this is like one of the most wild bloodbaths you've ever seen. I highly would, would recommend that. That was actually in the uh, the way. It's in the book. Yeah, it's in the way of the blade. One of the blade book. Uh, I originally got onto it because uh, when Phil sent me the the link for the book, and I was just like awestruck by how great this was. Again, just Terry Gordy being fucking incredible. That's awesome. But apparently, Killer Khan uh, just uh, passed away recently. What? Yeah, weird, weird timing there. But uh, oh, I think he made it to to a pretty pretty decent age, so not too bad. What's well, that's good. That's good. That's yeah, good. Not, not too much of a downer there, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to that elbow drop. Wasn't that elbow drop crazy? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's go back to the elbow drop. <laughs> but man, and then I, I don't know if it was before or after that, when he was like, he finally actually locked on the the full proper iron claw when he was in that full mount and again crowd just going so insane i just i don't know what it is but there's something so pleasing about seeing someone just having a crowd erupt for something so simple it was just beautiful 100 said um but amazing amazing ring awareness here by terry gordy getting that bottom rope oh yeah yeah He's like, oh, get off now. The the claw's done. You can't do it no more. I I, I just think it'd be yeah. The at one point they got really close on the close up of the claw, and it almost looked like he wasn't clawing him too much. You know, I got a little disappointed. Oh. He should have really pressed it into the face. Not enough claw. Chris. <laughs> what do you want? You want him to be like drawing blood from like crushing his skull? So Imagine. Hard? Imagine it would have been the best. <laughs> that was that was Fritz's thing for a long time. He'd get on the claw and he'd have the guy like blade right before he put the claw on. So then he it looks like he's he's drawing blood through the iron claw. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, how could they gimmick that? They're gonna have to put blood capsules on his palm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could like blade your own fingers. Oh, oh my goodness, that'd be the worst. <laughs> Talk about a paper cut. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Man, that was actually honestly one of the worst things from like my wrestling days from whenever I'd like blade and I did a few big big gnarly ones. Um, but people don't talk about razor blades are really sharp. And for someone that's Oh yeah. I, I cut my fingers so much when I was fumbling around with this razor blade back in the day, dude. <laughs> Bet <laughs> Fucking maniacs. Man, but then the, the finish for this one was so damn great. And it's like, again, so simple, but like the the way they lead up to it and um and Terry Gordy's going for this big crossbody off the top and then Kerry does the, the, the backwards roll through and then just like reefs it for this pin. And again, the crowd just explodes. I was just like, this is... This is just such a simple finish. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you, and I did not expect that to be the end because I very rarely see roll-ups from crossbodies turned into the finish of a match. So it like actually I was like, whoa, whoa, it's over. That was that was sudden awesome. And it had a great lead up to that with the bit where Terry goes for his big, you know, famed tornado punch. And then that was when I think Terry Gordy ducked it and got him with something to to lead up to him going into that but i just thought that the whole finishing stretch was um was so great and like different to you know all of the the near falls and kind of thing that we're accustomed to today but again weirdly just like so refreshing i guess 
Oh, agreed. Nowadays, they would have to do three of those and then maybe go for it. But then somebody would slide in with a chair and the referee would not see it. So they dropped the chair. It's all overwrought nowadays. This is just beautiful and simple. And uh, you mentioned the discus punch. The commentator guy, he mentioned how Carrie was a discus uh a, or in high school was a great discus player he was. so that's why he adopted the disc i know that's it's just awesome <laughs> that they made the discus punch part of his record how great is that <laughs> that's hilarious yeah. yeah he apparently almost went to the olympics for discus yeah crazy shit. amazing i just yeah man so much to love about this if anyone ever you know from watching the iron claw has been thinking you know maybe maybe you should check out a little bit of world class Dude, do yourself a favor. It's like some of the best shit. And like, you might think, oh, it's going to be old and hokey and not live up to today's standards. But at least for me watching this, I was like, this is so much better in a lot of ways than, than current stuff. Such a breath of fresh air. I loved it. I loved it as well. Yeah, I like how they just, you know, like at the very beginning, it's just simple stuff that people were. St- it might have been the crowd loving it mm. so much that made me get into yeah. it. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then Kerry gets the big win. He successfully Whoop. gets his first title defense in the books. Crowd goes wild. And then I don't know if you noticed this, but like Terry Gordy's like selling of like outrage that he got caught on that pin in the background while Kerry is celebrating yeah. was one of the best things ever. He's like, no. <laughs> I was that close. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I am. I to be honest, I was like a little bit uh, unsure of of what you would think of this match because generally, when I send you this stuff, you always at the end of the day just dig great wrestling. Um, so I assume yeah. that would be the way to probably go. But you know, this is a, a little bit different from the stuff we'd normally watch. So I was I was honestly intrigued to see uh, what what you thought, and you know, I, like I said, I, I didn't really know how familiar you were with uh, with world class either. So, dude, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I honestly, I didn't have a ton of notes on this one because I was watching it so much. Because and it wasn't like nothing terribly crazy was going on. It was just good, logical storytelling and wrestling. So it's hard to pinpoint incredible moments. There's there's definitely things that stood out, but I was just enjoyed it. Really. Yeah. As where the first match, there's just so much that goes on and so many transitions. You're like so many different things you could point out. Whereas this is just traditional, classic, good wrestling by two guys who are tremendous at the craft. Yeah. And like, yeah, two Again, complete polar opposite matches in that sense, but just both great in their own right in completely different ways. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've you've still got um, just great professional wrestling going on, and I think that's what I I really love about this shit, just the the kind of the amount of variety that you can get. Oh, yeah. And... Like I've always said, it's the greatest art form outside of ska music. That's that's what wrestling is. It's ska music and wrestling, the two great art forms. Especially in terms of just bringing complete pure joy. Yeah, yeah, man. Have you heard ska music, guys? It's great. <laughs> there is no way to see live ska music and not be having a great time. It's true. Like unless you just just hate horns, <laughs> I <laughs> then I understand. I get it. But yeah, Scott's a good time. And professional wrestling, maybe even better. Maybe we could, you know, I mean, maybe that is what the appeal of um, 
of uh, El Generico was the idea that he he brought in uh, Scar music, <laughs> brought these beautiful art forms together. Thank you, El Generico. <laughs> I wonder. Oh, poor guy in his orphanage. Oh, I'm I'm sure he's doing great things for those those Tijuana orphans. <laughs> beautiful. Oh, dude, this was so much fun. I really like this this weird yeah, combination of uh, of matches. Might be the way to go in the future, potentially. Yeah, I think so. Especially when I when I have um the the you know artist interview happening. I think I think we got a, a good um approach going forward here. But uh, thank you so much for for joining my friend uh do you have any any plugs you'd like to throw out there sure uh if you enjoy my banter or want to see my stupid jokes or memes i make on facebook and twitter and all that jazz uh facebook i'm jeremy tate if you want to say hello uh instagram twitter all those other ones it's at james vanderbeek j-a-i-m-s vanderbeek and yeah, uh, also, if you want to buy some of my T-shirts, I do crazy T-shirt designs, pentagonzo.com. That's pentagonzo.com. And lastly, I'd like to promote SOS Pro Wrestling on IWTV. Um, I do commentary with my buddy Cody Von Whistler. We're a wacky island adventure type of wrestling show. <laughs> I know, cliche. Uh, but, you know, check us out. We got all kinds of fun stuff. We got wrestling monkeys. We got wrestling octopus. We now got a wrestling half man, half shark. It's it's nuts. Come check us out. I um want to give a special shout out. You should definitely follow Senor Vanderbeek on the Twitter because that Zoidberg, Goldberg, mashup meme that he did <laughs> is one of the yep. best freakiest things i have ever seen yeah that one was fun i don't know why I was, it took me so long to even think of that one but just the other day i was like zoiberg how red can i get goldberg <laughs> it worked out pretty good fantastic fantastic stuff oh you can also see me troll all of twitter by pretending that wwe is promoting x aw stars by putting cm punk and cody rhodes in the, <laughs> the last two of them that was so good <laughs> oh people i got so many different responses like some people like thought i was real and they hated me for it or people who thought i was real and agreed and elaborated on my points i'm like oh no i didn't mean it at all friends sometimes my favorite thing on twitter is the people that just don't quite understand the concept of sarcasm Yep, it's, yep. It's just never gets old. And then you tell them you're being sarcastic, and then they don't believe you. I'm like, well, which way is it, guy? Come on, am I serious or am I joking? <laughs> oh, well, uh, we'll make sure to follow Mr. Jam James Vanderbeek there for for all of that goodness. Uh, you can also follow me at Chris Things. Um, you know, you'll you'll get to hear all the things about the show. You can also follow me at Chris Things on the Instagram, where you'll see more of my art things. Uh, and all of the key updates and uh, new things that I have available, such as the, the brand new uh, bootleg Mexican wrestling <laughs> Batman and, and Robin uh, T-shirt that I, I launched. Choice. That's a choice design. Oh, Pretty nice. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for the share as well. I appreciate that. 
um yeah a lot of a lot of fun stuff to to be had and seen so check that out uh christhings.com.au is the best place for you to uh to procure these items if you'd be so inclined so get yourself a little shirt get yourself a little prinsky uh or you know hit me up if if any of this stuff seems good and you have a wacky idea of your own you'd like a commission well Gee, Willikers, you can you can you offer such I things. I do offer such things. You can swing me a little old message, and you can say, "Hey, Chris, I would like you to um, <laughs> do my dog, um, you know, giving Buff Bagwell a Hurricane Rana," and I'll be like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's make that happen." Oh man, I hope Scotty Riggs doesn't show up and beat up the dog. <laughs> Maybe Scotty Riggs can be sitting sad in the corner looking like with a look of, of sad desperation for his American male's tag partner. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be so good. But we can make these things happen, so please hit me up. Um, I think that would be a lovely, lovely time. I also want a big, big shout out to the great team at Social Suplex. You can check out socialsuplex.com. Uh, they give me the opportunity to run this fun little little wrestling art podcast that we have here. Um, and you, you can also check out a bunch of their other wrestling podcasts from uh, One Nation Radio to uh, Keeping It Strong Style, their, their New Japan podcast, variety of other stuff. So check that out. But lastly... Thank you so much to you, listener. I appreciate your your putting us in your ear holes every one of these shows, mm. taking the time. Um, yeah, I just uh, I really appreciate the support. It's waxy in here. Yeah, it's so waxy, it's so hairy as well. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hairy, but in a nice way. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I really, these are some attractive ear holes that I'm in right now. <laughs> Whoa, it's so spacious. If I was, if I had a, a ear hole fucking kink, this would be the ones I'd be coming for. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Yeah, this is, this is going off the rails, guys. We need to shut this down. Adios, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, do the hammer line. Bye. I do the hammer line. Enjoyable. That was a fun time, my friends. I really appreciate this. Indeed, indeed.